Praise the Lord, we are dismissing children under the age of 18. Praise the Lord. You older children, stay. Ephesians chapter 6, stand. Stand, Paul writes. Having done all, stand firm. Praise the Lord. And put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand. Begin with me. We're going to read in Ephesians 6.10. Finally be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of His power. Clothe yourselves with the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens or in the atmosphere. For this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to stand your ground on the evil day. And having done everything, to stand. Stand firm, therefore, by fastening the belt of truth around your waist, by putting on the breastplate of righteousness, by fitting your feet with the preparation that comes from the gospel of peace. And in all of this, by taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. With every prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit and to this end be alert with all perseverance and requests for all of God's people. Hallelujah. This morning we're going to be taking a look at number four in the whole armor of God. The scripture says, Stand firm, and in all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can quench or extinguish all the fiery darts of the devil. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Forever, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. That means that the word that brought your new birth, the word by which you were recreated in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that word is forever settled in heaven. Jesus came into your life, and when he did, he gave you what I call the right to life. You have a right to the tree of life, that which Adam and Eve blew in the garden through their disobedience. Jesus released us from that sin, and we now come freely to the tree of life. We have a right to life, right not only to live, but right to what Jesus referred to as abundant life. I have come he said, as a matter of fact, so that you could have life and so that you could have it more abundantly. Think of everything that's involved in more abundantly. It just, to me, encompasses everything. Hallelujah. So you and I have a right to the abundant life. And the Bible says that word 
is forever settled in the heavens. That means that Satan cannot challenge your right to life in heaven. Do you realize that the devil can't go up before God and argue against you to the Father? He can't go up and tell the Father, do you know what I, silly thing I saw him do? You know, I don't know why you trust her because why just the other morning, did you hear how she was talking? Do you know what has been on his mind? I've been following him around. Your, your servant has not been faithful. The devil is barred from heaven. The Bible says that on the day that Jesus entered heaven, having rose from the dead, the gates lifted up their heads and the doors were opened wide to welcome in the King of Glory. And they said rhetorically, Who is this King of Glory? And of course, the faithful, albeit rhetorical answer, came back, He is the Lord strong in battle. He is the Lord mighty. And then they went on and declared as Jesus entered the the heaven of heavens, and his blood was placed upon the mercy seat, all heaven declared, now is come the kingdom of our God. Now is come his Christ, hallelujah. And the acute, now is come salvation, and the accuser of the brethren is cast down. His place will never again be found in heaven, nor will his voice ever be heard in heaven. That is exactly what is written in the book of Revelation. It is recorded that an announcement was made when Jesus, our advocate, entered heaven. He evicted the accuser of the brethren. And the Bible says there was no longer any room for him in heaven. Why? Because my Jesus, your Jesus, the advocate, he ever lives to make intercession for you. And his advocacy and his intercessory presence fills heaven. The Father says, I don't need to listen to the devil. One greater has come. Hallelujah. Up from Calvary. And his blood is speaking in the heavens. There is no accusation that the Father will ever listen to about you. The devil cannot argue against God's word related to you before the Father. Somebody say praise the Lord. However, the scripture does go on in that narrative and say that when the devil was cast down, another announcement was declared from heaven. Woe unto you, O earth. For the accuser of the devil has come down to you having great wrath. And the Bible goes on to say that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So even though he's come down having great wrath, the accuser is angry. He has been furious for over 2,000 years because he's, the thing he wanted most was to be able to badmouth you before the Father. It gave him a sense of importance. It gave him a sense of significance. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was like the ability to speak a kind of truth. He would bring facts like a crooked lawyer trying to trick the judge. But when Jesus came, he said, I've tried their case. I've paid their penalty. Here's the blood. It's listen to it. And the Father heard the blood say they're forgiven. Now and forevermore, their sins are separated as far as the east is from the west. You see, heaven said it's settled. It's settled. There's no argument anymore. And the devil was furious. So he's been now cast down to the earth. And all of his anger is concentrated against you and I. 
Where does all that that uh, accusing energy go? It goes every day. It rises up every day against you and I. And so our salvation is forever settled in the heavens, but it is contested upon the earth. This explains why the Bible talks about the fight of faith and us having to fight a battle even though we're saved. And so it explains why you have to fight for something that's already yours. Have, have you ever had problems getting your mind around that, that apparent contradiction that the Lord has given you abundant life and yet you have to fight for it? Does it, that, does it ever create a little confusion? Does it ever throw you off? We're going to deal with that this morning. So get ready for a little bit of relief. Praise the Lord. <laughs> So it explains why you have to fight for something that's already yours. Think for, for a moment with me concerning natural things. You go to a store, you buy goods, you bring them into your house. Yet sometimes thieves will break into the house and try to steal, and you've got to fight to defend your stuff. Is it yours? Yes, but thieves still try to steal it. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And so John, wait a minute, let me back up. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So I'm not just saying this stuff rhetorically. When I ask a question, I'm looking for an answer. Praise the Lord. All right, so John chapter 10, Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. As I said, natural thieves break through to steal tangible assets. But what about the intangible assets? What about the things in life that are really more valuable than, than possessions, physical possessions? Things like rights and inheritances. When Jesus rose from the dead, we inherited eternal life. We have a right to the throne of God. We have certain inheritance purchased for us by the blood of the Lamb. And yet, just like thieves on the earth challenge your rights, how do thieves on the earth try to rob you from your inheritance on the earth or from the rights that you have issued by the governments of this world. They do so by trying to obstruct your freedom, by trying to divert you or lie to you or keep you from exercising your freedom. And so every once in a while, citizens end up having to rise up and fight. Sometimes they just fight by going to the ballot box. Other times they have to pick up arms and fight against tyrannical governments. You see, there are laws that give us certain rights and privileges and inheritances. And thieves will try to steal those intangible assets by talking you out of them, by obstructing your access and your freedom to them. Can somebody see where I'm going with this? So let me just say that while the word and our salvation is forever settled in the heavens... On the earth, life is a battlefield where forward progress is always made against a continual tide of resistance. Satan is the ever-probing thief seeking to block access to your inheritance in Christ. And he never stops. He never gives. He never quits. Therefore... Ephesians 6.16 says, standing firm in all of this by taking up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, I want to quote that one more time. And as I do, I'd like you to picture in your mind taking up the shield of faith. I want you to get an image of what is the shield of faith and how does one take it up. Standing firm in all of this, taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. <clears throat> well, let me explain the shield of faith. First of all, your faith is a shield, not a force field. God didn't install a blessing perimeter that you can switch on. Sometimes Christians have a little fantasy about how God protects them from the devil. Oh, honey, I, I was just on the phone with Bobby, and he said the devil was spotted in our neighborhood. Could you switch on the bless me zapper? So you get that picture, the little force field out there around their yard. Keeps the devil out like a giant bug zapper. Yes, since we've installed the bless me zapper, we've had zero problems with the devil. Oh yeah, we get the occasional loud popping sound, flash and a little puff of sulfur smoke, but it dissipates quickly. You can see the commercial as it goes. Sometimes the wife and I like to, when the sun goes down, go out on the porch with a couple chairs and just watch the light show as the devils are just lit up trying to come onto our property. So let me straighten this fantasy out for you this morning. First of all, uh, don't bother waiting for Bobby to call you up to warn you that the devil's in the neighborhood. I'm here today, and I love you, but I'm here today to tell you the devil is in the neighborhood. And if Satan's not fighting you right now, it's only because he's got you where he wants you. So if you have, as a, as a Christian, if you have a right to life policy with the Calvary Assurance Company, then let me tell you this morning, Satan is going to put a move on you. He's going to probe. He's going to try you. And he's never going to stop trying you until, you, until he's taken out of the here. Can you say amen? amen? And furthermore, let me also clear up a little fantasy about the shield of faith. That shield of faith warranty that comes with your policy, it's not a zapomatic with a bless me switch. It's a shield, and Paul says you have to take it up. So I don't know what you saw in your mind when you saw the shield of faith, but I think some of you were thinking Star Trek. Captain, the shields are holding. No, this is a shield that's actually used as a weapon, and you have to use it. You have to take it up. Hallelujah. Or you can leave it down. Secondly, in dismantling these wrong ideas about the shield of faith and how it works, uh, let me also say it's not the shield of my faith. It's the shield of his faith. Amen. Let me say that again. See, you 
sometimes lose confidence in your shield of faith because you think it's your faith. The shield of my faith is really not doing a whole lot. I'm having a hard time believing. But it is the shield of his faith, not of your faith. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I'm not living by my faith. I'm living by his faith. Amen. Let me tell you that his faith gets everything he believes for. In fact, his faith, we opened up with it, is settled in heaven. There is no dispute. In fact, the devil cannot wrestle against the faith of Jesus. As long as you are operating in your feeble efforts, my feeble efforts, to try to believe, the devil can wrestle with you. You will wrestle with those principalities. But if you can learn what the shield of faith is, and switch over to the shield of his faith, the fight's over. The Bible says the shield of faith will quench every flaming missile. Of the, not some of them, not give you an edge or an advantage. The shield of faith will end the fight right then, right there. Everything the devil's throwing at you will come to an immediate and abrupt end. Thank you. Satan is defeated. He's not... He's not losing the fight with Jesus. He's lost. He's lost. Jesus said, it's finished. Right when the devil thought he'd had Jesus where he wanted him, he took his last free breath. Jesus said, it's finished. Come on, church. Hallelujah. So this is the faith of Jesus. And I'm going to share with you how you go from your faith to his faith and can raise that shield of faith on the day of trouble. Now let me show you how this shield actually works. Jesus said, and you're familiar with this out of Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold. What does behold mean? Thank you. Behold means, look at that. Look at that. Behold doesn't mean, <clears throat> can I get your attention? Behold is not an English word for saying, I'm about to say something. No. Behold says, looky over there. So Jesus said, behold, I have given you authority to tread on the serpents and on the scorpions. Everyone say serpents. Scorpions. Scorpions. Jesus said, I have given you authority to tread on the serpents and scorpions and over. Everyone say over. over. All the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So whenever you use this authority, the battle's over. Whenever you operate in this authority, nothing can hurt you. When you step into this authority, you're using a shield that never fails. That shield doesn't even struggle to win. When you put on the whole armor of God, if you understand what the shield of faith is, you take up the shield of faith, the battle's over. That's it. It quenches everything the devil throws at it. Come on, church. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, I give you authority. Now, there are two words. If you have a King James Bible, it says, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. So you get the idea when you read the King James Bible that God's got power and the devil's got power and they're locked like two rams up on a mountainside, kind of fighting it over, and there you are in the middle. 
and you're going, oh, I hope Jesus wins. I'm praising him. No, no, no. There's two actual words that are different, used, translated to the word power. Jesus really said, I give you authority over all the power of the devil. So maybe the devil has some power. Maybe he really can throw a punch. Maybe he really can knock the wind out of your sails. Maybe he's got some sickness. Maybe he's got some disease. Maybe the enemy really can throw a yoke or a, or a shackle on you. Can he? Come on, he can. Can he do it? He can do it. He's got power. Jesus didn't say the devil thinks he's got power. He says he's got power. But I give you something that can override the power. I give you authority over. Look at Jesus didn't say, I give you authority to fight the devil's power with. He said, I give you authority over. I don't think you quite got that. Let me say that one more time. Jesus did not say, I give you authority to wrestle with the devil. He said, I give you authority to exercise over. Oh, do you see what's going on here? He said, you, you, you take up this authority. There's no struggle. Now, you, when you wrestle against the enemy, would you like that wrestling to end? Get a hold of the authority. The minute you wake up, pull your head out of the sand and go, whoop, wait a minute, I have authority over this mess. You use that authority in the way that I'm going to share with you in a moment. And that thing's done. It's done. Hallelujah. It's finished. Jesus said, it's done. It's finished. Praise the Lord. You bring Jesus on the scene. And it's over with. Praise the Lord. So this is how the shield works. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority over all the power. Over serpents. Over all the power of the enemy. There was another place where Jesus said something about serpents. In Mark chapter 16, the resurrected Christ meets with the disciples. He sends them out. Tells them to wait in the upper room to receive that Holy Ghost power. Then sends them out into all the world. And he said, behold, I give you power. I give you authority to take up serpents. Hallelujah. And they will not hurt you. And so glory to God, Jesus said, you've got power to deal with the enemy. Somebody say amen. amen. So fast forward a little bit in the book of Acts. I think it's somewhere around the 28th chapter. And uh, the apostle Paul, later in his life, has been shipwrecked on this island with these natives. Those men with Paul had just about lost their lives and they're freezing and starving and they're, they're washed up on the shore and they make a fire and the natives all gather around. And uh, when, they, when Paul gets some sticks to put on the fire, the Bible says, and a viper, a poisonous beast. Some of you ladies missed an opportunity to go, ooh. Mm. My wife usually screams at the word snake. Snake goes a scream. So the, Paul, the Bible says Paul gathered up those sticks, put them on the fire, and it said when the heat began to heat up, the serpent came out and fastened on his hand. You know when things get hot, the devil will come out. He's hiding. But when things get hot, when your schedule gets tight, when activity mounts up, 
when things heat up in life, out comes the serpent. And the first thing he did is he went for the hand of Paul. And the Bible says the beast fastened itself on his hand. Now, I've been bit by snakes. Most people, most people here probably have been bit by snakes before. No? No. Well, you can pretty much imagine. They just kind of go like this. And that's it. The Bible says this thing clamped on. And the Bible says when the natives saw it hanging off of Paul's... So Paul's like this... Got a stick, and, uh, and there's vipers hanging off his hand, twitching. And the Bible says when they saw him hang there, so apparently the thing hung on his hand long enough for them to say, because the Bible says they said, this man must be a criminal, a murderer or something, because justice has not permitted him to live. Even though he escaped the sea, he's going to die on land from a venomous serpent bite because he's an unrighteous and, and, and an evil man. And the Bible says after that, Paul's looking at the serpent. How many of you know what he did? The Bible says he shook it off. Shook it off. He shook the serpent off. Back into the fire that it came out of. Can you say Amen. Now, I want you to see something in this analogy this morning. Jesus said, I give you authority to tread on serpents. That serpent fastened up on his hand and Paul said, nope, you're in the wrong place. You're supposed to be under my feet, not on my hand. And so the Bible says he shook that thing off according to the word of God. He shook the serpent. Now, when the devil comes out, in a hot situation, begins to sink its venomous lies into your mind, sink its lies and threats into your body. Oh, I've got a pain right there. got some rash going on. I wonder if it's cancer. And that venom is starting to surge through your mind, surge through your emotions. You know, uh, you know this thing is going to go bad. It's going to fall apart. The boss was saying stuff about you. This is going to be the end of your job. And that devil is just hanging on and he is pumping that lethal lie into you. At that moment, it is not the time to stand there with your hand out and Satan hanging off of you and go, Oh Jesus, I wish Jesus would do, I wish Jesus would do something. Well, oh, Jesus, do you see, that is not faith. That's not the shield of faith. Faith is not standing there while the devil is injecting you, hoping God will do something. The Bible says your deliverance, your salvation is settled. Settled in the heavens. The devil is breaking the laws of God. He is going against the covenant by which you are settled at the right hand of the Father with Jesus Christ. He is literally testing, probing trying to pull you off of that covenant that you have with the Father. And the longer you stand there waiting for Jesus to do something, the more you are concentrating your stand in an error. See, Jesus has already done everything that needs to be done. Jesus doesn't have to do anything else. He's already done it all. And if you'll pick up that shield, you'll find out Jesus has already done it all. Hallelujah. Jesus is, you're standing there holding the serpent out, and Jesus is shouting, pick up the shield. Pick up the shield. 
That's like Moses. Moses is at the Red Sea. He's got a couple million Hebrew slaves ready to go into the promised land. And here come over the hill. Here come the Egyptian. Here's Pharaoh and, the, and his cavalry whooping and shouting and, uh, and shooting arrows and everything. And Moses is standing there worrying and stressing out. And he's crying out to God. The whole time God is shouting, pick up the rod. Dude, pick up the rod. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. See, the shield of faith, if you think you can hit a switch and the bless me zapper is in effect, you're, you're kidding yourself. There's no zapper out there. The devil can get through. He can knock on your door. In fact, he can slip in every once in a while. He'll touch you up on your, under your rib or put a little something. He's probing. He's testing. You see, the shield of faith doesn't stop the devil from trying you. Amen. You have an assurance policy. You need to get out, hallelujah, that faith option and use it. You use it, the devil will flee. He's not going to listen to you, but he'll listen to Jesus. Oh, yes, he will. I said he's not going to pay attention to you when you're not behind the shield of faith. But he, you get that shield of faith up, he will obey that shield of faith every single time. I said he'll obey the shield of faith. The shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. I said to you before that it's not the shield of your faith. It's not you trying to believe the devil's going to leave you. That's silly. It's you knowing that he fled from Jesus. It's you knowing that you can lift up Jesus. It's you knowing that you can hide yourself in Jesus. It's you knowing that when you speak the word of God, Jesus will be your shield. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the Bible says Paul shook off the serpent. Amen? Amen. At that moment, Paul remembered what Jesus had done for him. And he shook off the serpent. He said, I got authority to shake this devil off. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, as I said, the shield of faith didn't stop the serpent from biting. But Paul didn't let the serpent just hang there. He shook it off. Paul acted on Jesus' word, and Jesus became his shield. The Bible says, listen very carefully. It says, he shook off the serpent into the fire, and, now listen to the next part, suffered no harm. Where did Jesus come in? Paul shook off the serpent. He acted according to the word of God, shook off the serpent. Then once he took the action to shake off the serpent, Jesus came in and prevented the poison from harming him. That's the part Jesus did. Paul couldn't. Paul had no dominion over that poison, but Jesus did. And when he shook off this accusations of the enemy, those accusations stopped having any power over him. I know somebody's getting a revelation right now Amen. in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When the devil bites you, shake off the liar. Listen to me. When the devil bites you, don't 
Start worrying. Don't pay attention to him. Shake him off. When the devil bites you, shake him off. I was laying in bed uh, about a week ago, and I was completely exhausted from the day. Didn't get into bed till midnight, and I'm there about 2, 2.30, almost 3 in the morning, and I can't go to sleep. I am just overwhelmed with stress and worry, thinking about all these plans for lookup. And I'm telling you, one, it was, it was like LaGuardia Airport. It's like my mind was LaGuardia. And the planes just kept landing. Coming from the left, coming from the right, coming from the left, coming from here, coming from there. I no sooner ran down one thought and said, well, we'll, we'll deal with that. Here comes another one. What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? How are you going to do this? And I'm thinking, I can't even remember all this stuff. And I was laying there for a couple of hours, just stressing and worrying. I know nobody here can relate to any of that. <laughs> so I'm laying there, and I'm trying to get it to stop. I'm trying to get my mind to stop. Now, any of you that know me, I have no problem sleeping. I look at a pillow, I'm asleep. It's a good thing if I'm over the bed, because I'm going to go to sleep before my head even hits. Or boom, I'm gone. So, this is not normal for me. I'm under attack. And I'm laying there trying to wrestle with it. I'm trying to use my faith. Listen to me now. There's a message in here for you. I'm trying to use my faith to stop it. I'm fighting the thoughts. They are beating my behind. There's no other way to tell you. The more I resist them, the faster they come. I want to tell you the devil's like a five-legged mountain lion. You might think you could find a normal mountain lamb, but you go up against one that's got an extra fifth leg, forget about it. Devil's got that fifth leg. He pulls it out. You start trying to resist him. Wham! He goes into turbo drive. So I'm laying there, and the devil's doing turbo drive on my mind, and I'm like, oh, my God. I've got to go to sleep because I've got to get up before the sun. Got a big day the next day. And all of a sudden, down from the inside comes that still small voice. Shake it off. Pick up the rod. Grab your shield. I remember the word of the Lord. God said, I give you authority. Now, I know that police have guns. When the authority's not working, they whip out the power. But Jesus said, I give you authority. And that authority will stop the devil if you'll use it. Amen. Authority works through your tongue. Amen. So I said, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. So I lifted up my voice, not too loud. I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> but at this point, this was spiritual warfare. So I lifted up my voice and I began to say, Oh, thank you, Father. You give rest to your beloved. I laid me down and I slept for the Lord sustained me. Hallelujah. The Bible doesn't say I laid down and rolled around in the bed for about eight hours and passed out from exhaustion. The Bible says He gave me rest. He gave me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. 
Oh, hallelujah. I begin to thank him. You bore my burdens. You carried my weight. You broke the staff of the oppressor for me. You've given me peace in my mind. You've set an umpire on the inside of me. The peace of God to settle the controversies of my heart. Oh, I praise you, Jehovah Shalom. You are my peace, Jesus. And I'll tell you what, after a while, I had to stop because I was falling asleep. Next thing I knew, listen, it's not over with yet. Next thing I knew, about two, three hours passed. I woke up. It's time to get up. And joy was waiting at my bedside. Joy got me out of bed that morning. Hallelujah. Joy said, come on with me. I got something for you. And I got up out of bed. House was still quiet. It was still dark outside. Joy walked me out into my living room. And there I am shuffling around. Got my PJs on. I put my little, I put my little rug to, to break the fall for my knees. Out in the middle of the floor, I dropped down on my knees. And I stood at attention like a good soldier on my knees before Jesus. My hands went up. My voice went up. The praise began to come out. And my soul went up. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, I had a great day that day. I'm telling you, it was the day the Lord had made. I know the devil had planned a day for me, my goodness. He was working on me in the wee hours of the morning. I, he was going to drag me out of the bed as I was clawing at the pillow and sheets. But I'll tell you, the Lord upended the devil's plan right quick. You see, I found my shield of faith. When I opened my mouth and stopped thinking about it and started praising Him. Now, I get up in church here sometimes, and I say, come on, somebody, can I get a praise? I wish I had a church that would praise the Lord. And I'm saying, this, I'm not insulting you. You all get offended. You get like, well, did you hear what he said to me? Like, we don't want to praise God. I can come to church and just rest if I want to rest. What is wrong with you in your mind and your thinking? This is the house of God. You don't need Pastor Nick to tell you the Psalms say, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. This isn't the place of solace. This is a pumping station. This is a refueling station. When I come into this house and I look at you and you look at me and I say to you, oh, I wish I had somebody that would help me praise the Lord. And I start praising Him and lifting up my hands and worshiping the Lord. It's, it is befuddling to me. Some people, they just drop right out. They fall right out. It's like, oh, he's stealing my prayer. Get up there with me. Start shouting and praising God. The Bible says, let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Let us exalt his name together. This isn't listen to Pastor Nick praise God day. This is let's praise the Lord together. Hallelujah. You want the humble... To hear thereof and be glad. Let's praise the Lord together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast of the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah.
Man, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, to get some people to praise the Lord with me. Hallelujah. I want to go up to the high places. Glory to God. I want to kick the devil out of the way. Hallelujah. I just want somebody to get into it with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, it's fun by yourself, but it's better together. Praise the Lord. This is a body of Christ thing. There's an anointing on unity. The Bible says, how good and pleasant when brethren dwell together in unity. Hallelujah. There's a kind of oil of the anointing that comes down from Aaron's beard to the hem of his garment. The Bible says, there the Lord has commanded the blessing. I'm just trying to get that commanded blessing to show up. Glory to God. I know that if we can get into one accord when we're praising the Lord, everything else will take care of itself. If when we come together to praise the Lord, we praise the Lord, hallelujah, then all the other things God wants to do will happen. Can you say amen? So I'm laying in the bed and I realize my faith is is getting beat, but I've got access to Jesus' faith. And I know that Jesus immediately shows up when his blood covenant word is being proclaimed by a child whose name is written on that scroll in heaven. When you who are seated with Christ in heavenly places and the devil is walking all over your situation, standing on your head, when you reach for the word. And you start speaking out of your mouth the Word of God. You begin to lift that shield up. And the Bible says the shield of faith, the faith of Jesus. Quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Hallelujah. Man, I'll tell you, I, my, my sleep was sweet. And joy got me up the next morning. Can you say Amen. So when the devil bites you, shake the liar off. Overrule. This is the difference between the faith of Jesus and your faith. This is the difference between the shield of faith and your believing. When you use the shield of faith, it's the shield of faith because you're overruling the devil with the word of God and Jesus becomes your shield. You don't have to argue with the devil and use mental power and stress yourself out fighting with him. Just lift up the word. Jesus came out of the Jordan River, baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says the Spirit of God led him out into the wilderness where 40 days and 40 nights he went not just without food but without water. And I'll tell you, that nasty devil tested him every single day. But he held back his heaviest, worst attacks till that 40th day. When it was over, the Bible says, the devil let loose on him. And the very first attack that he used against our Jesus, he tried to get Jesus to act in the natural rather than use his authority in heaven. He said, if you're the son of God, You're hungry. The fast is over. Go ahead and turn that rock into bread. Feed yourself. But Jesus knew that in a few days he was going to be standing on a hillside. And he would say in Matthew 6 to those that were assembled, Seek first the kingdom of heaven.
His righteousness, the Father will meet all of your needs. The Father knows. He tried to separate using the weakness of Jesus, using Him at His worst moment, at His lowest point, using His hunger against Him. Just, just, just put your own needs first. Fight this thing with your own ability. And Jesus said, behold, it is written. Immediately, that argument just went away. He quenched that the devil had to go on to the next thing. And Jesus again said, it is written. He went on to the next thing. And Jesus said, it is written. And the Bible says, and the devil left him for a season. Like I said, this is not a bless me zapomatic that you throw the switch. The devil came back on Jesus uh, about a day or two later when he goes into the synagogue at Capernaum. There's the devil stirring up a riot against him. So he left him for a few hours, licked his wounds, caught his breath, and then came back at him. But for the next three and a half years, every time Satan came at him, Jesus lifted up the word. Jesus did not fight with his own mind and emotions. He relied upon the word of God. And that word was a shield of faith. And then he has handed that shield of faith to you and I. He's given you and I that blood covenant. He's given you and I a right to use the word of God in the face of the enemy. You get that word out and you stand on it. And Jesus will rise up and he will be your shield. Somebody say amen. amen. So the reason why Jesus becomes your shield is because you're not just resisting the devil with willpower. You're overruling him with the word of God. When he comes at you and speaks a lie, hit him with the truth. Don't waste one moment trying to figure out how you're going to respond to his lie. When he says to you, your money's going to run out. And you're not going to have enough money. Don't. Don't take that next step and think, oh, well, what am I going to do? Um, let's see. Well, I can borrow from... Don't even go there. You know it's the devil trying to push you into that worry. Now, is there a need? Is there a situation? Yeah, but that's a situation between you and your father, not between you and the devil. That's a situation that faith wants to work out with you, not fear. Are you listening to me? So the minute the devil comes and he tries to get you to think, he throws... You know, the devil hides himself. He wraps himself in legitimate arguments. He comes against you with things that are actual in your life. I mean, if he came and said something stupid to you that meant nothing, well, you wouldn't pay a bit of attention to it. But he talks to you about what's going on in your body, what's going on in your life. Do not enter a conversation with him. The minute he does, get the word and lift it up. Answer him with the word of God. Then if you're concerned about the situation, you and the Father get in fellowship. And let the Father talk to you through the Word about your situation. That is called the shield of faith. Hallelujah. And the reason why Jesus gets into that shield, glory to God, and it becomes your shield of faith when you stand on the Word, is because you're not using willpower. You are overruling the devil with the Word of truth. Let me close with this. Romans 8.2 says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. Glory to God. The law of the spirit of life in Christ. Every time you stand on the law of the spirit of life in Christ against the devil, 
Jesus becomes your shield and overrules the law of sin and death. Jesus overrules the law of sin and death if you'll give Him a place to stand. Let Him be your shield. He's not your shield if He's laying on the ground. Take up the shield of faith. Remember my little story. I could have laid there till dawn with the shield of faith lying beside my bed. But until I picked it up, it was not able to do me a bit of good. I opened my mouth. That's what faith is. It is the proclamation of what is true according to the Word of God. This is why, personally I believe, the devil tries to shut people up in church. Because he knows what could happen if people start blabbing praise to God. If they start praising the Lord half as much as they've been complaining the past five or six days. If they start saying, thank you, Jesus, you're the glory and lifter of my head. You've come that I might have life and have it more abundantly. You are the lily of the valley. You are the beauty of my soul. I worship you. You are my shepherd. You are my strong tower. Hallelujah. You see, if they begin to open their mouth and declare the word of God, praising him, the enemy knows. He's over. It's done. So I'm telling you, you'll get in your vehicle, drive to church. Everything was fine. You're on your way to church. Out comes an argument. Something happens. Husband, wife says something to you, maybe on your way out of the house. There's a little something to shut you up. Just get your mind diverted, get yourself off on some miffed thing. Are you listening to me? Don't be stupid. Satan is trying to shut you up. That shield stays on the ground until you start using your tongue with the word of God. And anything else you do other than that is falling short. Nothing else you do is going to make a difference. You say, you know, I don't feel like praising God. But I'm going to double up on my tithe this morning. Sorry, you can't buy your way. You can't buy this victory. It doesn't work like that. The Bible says, take up the shield of faith. And you know what? You can't have it both ways. You can't talk out of two sides of your face. James 3 says, fresh water and salt water, bitter water and sweet cannot come out of the same well. Yeah. So don't be walking through the door going, oh, what a week I had. Oh, you should have seen the traffic. Oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. Don't come in here complaining. Yeah. Don't come here griping, oh, boy, blah, 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 grumbling. Come in praising. Come in lifting up Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm talking to you. Hallelujah, out of love, I'm giving you the truth this morning. You want to you see this church fill up, double, triple, quadruple, I mean right quick. If you would start getting on the word, you and I, yes, one of us can't carry the whole church on our back. But if we would start taking up this shield of faith and praising God and letting God come in, hallelujah, like he started to come in this morning, hallelujah. Let me tell you what, the bound, afflicted, and oppressed will come running. Yes, sir. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, take up the shield. Take up the shield. Take up the shield. 
Hallelujah. All right. I want you to, speaking of taking up, I want you to take yourself up right now. Praise the Lord. You may need to overrule something in your life this morning. If you were listening to me, you might be thinking, well, you know, there's a little something I need to overrule. The devil has me in a conversation. Does the Satan have you in a conversation right now? Has there been a conversation going on in your mind this week? Something over the past few days, maybe it's been going on for several weeks. Some sort of a discussion that he's having with you. And that thing is just going to keep rolling. Because the goal of that conversation going on in your mind isn't to lead you anywhere, it's to keep you defeated. Yes. Let me say it again, I'm going to try English this time. The devil has you in a conversation going on in your mind. It's not ever going to arrive anywhere. The goal is to keep you distracted. It's to keep you off balance. It's to keep you bound. Want to end it? Want it over with? Hallelujah. I know of one way. Glory to God. The shield of faith will quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Now, if you would right now, I'd like you just to, just to think for a moment. And ask the Holy Spirit to lift up one verse of Scripture, just one, that applies to you, a little promise you can stand on. I thought of that verse that night. He gives rest to His beloved. And then I thought of the one that said, uh, I laid me down and I slept. The Bible says so many things with overlapping influence to cover our lives. Here's one for somebody. You are a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, some things. Oh, thank you. I like a church that will correct me. When I fall short, all things become new. Glory to God. Here's another one. Jesus bore your sins and burdens. And with His stripes, you were healed. Here's another one. Behold, I give you authority. Now, I could promise you something that maybe I'm not powerful enough to deliver, but I assure you today that what Jesus promised you, He has delivered. He has delivered. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Relative to your own life, I want you to take hold of that verse that relates to you. Just take one of them. And we're going to shake that serpent off. Are you ready? Are you?